We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating where we dig into the why, why, whys of people's behavior when it comes to dating. Yes, I've brought a condom for my mic. <laughs> Safety first. Oh my God. Safety first. For anyone who can't see, I put this black, con- literally a black condom over my mic as if it wasn't phallic looking enough. Now we're just making the tip even bigger. But I feel like Julie likes it. She's mesmerized by it. She can't stop staring at it. And speaking of dating, Julie's been dating. (laughs) Everyone wants to hear the update about Julie's recent dates or date, I should say. Or no, I I won't give it away. You just give the update. (laughs) I feel like we heard the snafu last week. For anyone that missed it, there was a, a a tech glitch error that like I 
didn't get a text from WhatsApp, but I finally got it on Thursday. The guy had sent it on Saturday. So anyways, we talk, we make a plan. Like he was the one to initiate like setting up a plan for the following week. So I'm like, okay, this is, you know, I was actually getting more excited about it because I know also we talked about like my feeling towards it. And I had mentioned that because it was a socially distanced date and we had talked about politics a lot, like I didn't really have a feel for it. Like I enjoyed myself, but didn't really get to a deeper level, but I was totally open, but also wouldn't be devastated if it didn't work out. So that's kind of the backstory for anyone that's missed the last episodes. If you haven't, definitely check it out because yeah, there's great stuff, but also you'll get the whole scoop. So anyways, we have the date set up. It's going to be Thursday night. I'm looking forward to it. I'm getting ready for the date. I'm about to get in the shower and I see a message and I just assume it's like a confirmation message. But I open the message and it's basically like, hey, I decided that I don't want to pursue us anymore and I'm going to cancel the date. It was like very blunt and I sent it to UA and I was like, wow, I've never really experienced something like this. Like I've definitely experienced situations where I thought it was a good date and then they just never followed up or I like asked to hang out and it was kind of like either at that point it wasn't a fit or just ghosted. Never had a situation where someone like blatantly was the one pursuing it. And then there was a switch that was so blatant, like, I don't even want to meet you at all. You know, <laughs> like I've decided like you are not a fit. And the the way he worded it was, I changed my mind about us. Yeah, like it was I very- thought that was very... <laughs> I don't, I've never seen that or heard that before, but it seemed very abrupt. Yeah. And I think like why I wanted to bring it up on the podcast is, I mean, you just never know. First of all, I have no idea what was really going on in this guy's life. Like it had could have zero to do with me. However, in the time from setting up the date to like he set up the date and then we had follow-up conversations and it started off he was talking about like a side project he was pursuing so also just to give background I had not shared anything about the podcast with him he had no idea I even did this like that's how you know surface level it was in the sense of like he doesn't know your last name no he did not know my last name so I don't think he had any idea of this podcast existing so I don't think he's listened to any of the past episodes or anything so it did come up he was the reason why we didn't make plans like the week like when we start, we got reconnected on Fridays because he had plans to like work on a side project with a friend coming in from town. So that's why he had suggested the week after. So in conversation, he's like, oh, do you work on any side projects or have you ever thought about doing it? And at that point, I'm like, I can't like lie and be no. like, um, I've been working as like for like five years, you know, <laughs> like, so at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, I do actually have um, something I work on. And he's like, can you send me the link? And I feel like I would rather share about the dating podcast in person because I think people can, it can be misinterpreted. Like they think that you're airing all your dating life. And maybe recently I have been a little more than we (laughs) used to. I think in the past it was like, oh no, we don't do that. But I think also because it's been so novel, right? Like this whole socially distanced date, I think because he was my first socially distanced date, it actually didn't really matter if it was him or anyone else. I was thinking about this, like, I feel like in the past I haven't updated, I felt the need to update people on every last date I went on because they were just like such a dime a dozen. But now there's like something about it that feels like special again, you know, like he's like my first. So 
Anyways, I did share with him that I had this dating podcast and I was like, I'm happy, uh, like, let's, I'll tell you more in person because we already had the time set up. And I'm like, I never like talk about people beyond like their comfort level, like past exes, etc. It's more about like the stories and just what's changing in modern dating culture. But you didn't tell him the name. I didn't tell him the name because I didn't want him to Google us. I think also what made me take a step back, I think if the last couple episodes we hadn't like explicitly talked about this, I was like, oh my God. I was like thinking about it. And you know he'll start there. Right, exactly. I was like thinking about it. I was like, oh my God, the last couple episodes we like literally like, like the last one, there's no misinterpretation that was him, right? With like Mm -hmm. the glitch of... Like, I'm not having mm-hmm. tech glitches with that many people. And I think, like, UA, you also were, like, on a scale of 1 to 10. Like, I know. I was, like, thinking back, and I'm, like, oh, my God, if I hurt someone, like, I knew it wasn't, it wasn't meant in, like, a personal way to him, because I just felt like we didn't have that banter yet. But if I had heard someone be, like, oh, I'm a 5, you know, like, I probably wouldn't be that excited to meet them either. Right. So I was, like, yeah. replaying everything that I had said. And I was, like, oh, my God, I do not want this guy to hear it. And I think that's a lesson to me that if I don't want someone to hear something, I probably shouldn't be saying it. Anyways, my gut feeling is that he Googled, like, I literally did a Google on an incognito, so it's not even, like, using my history. I did Julie dating podcast, and we showed up, like, the at the top. One. I'm like, damn, our SEO is too good for our own good. And then it's your picture, too. So yes. there's no mistake. <laughs> there was no mystery. So my guess is that he heard, like, there wasn't anything else big that would have, like, changed your mind, you know, that drastically. Do you think he was, like, getting ready for the date or getting pumped? And he's like, oh, I'm going to check out her podcast. So I can <laughs> he's have like, something listening. to talk about on our date. He's like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> And this happened around like one thirty, and maybe that episode. Who knows? Because it was like like, day uh, of. Like I was like literally. It wasn't like I was about to step out. We were meeting at six thirty. It was like two thirty. But I was like, because I had stuff the rest of the day, and I had a break. And I'm like, I'm gonna take a shower, get ready, so I'm not like stressed at five. And then I'm like, oh, I guess I have all night to get ready. (laughs) You know, because I'm not going on this anymore. Like we had a restaurant picked out. Like it was like he had like you know, made some plans. Like, it was just very, like, I'm thinking about him, like, if he was, like, not attracted or something, like, would he have even, like, made that plan? Like, he would have known at that point, right? Yeah. Like, something what, changed. If he were listening to this episode now, what would you say to him? What would you want to say to him? I think what I'm going to take away from this, like, I'm like, I can never control his behavior. It literally could be not this at all. Like, I have no idea, right? But I think for me, like, I definitely want to share dating updates with people on the podcast, but I think I'm going to try to be a little less specific. I think I got a little overzealous because it was the first person. So I do want to say, like, if this did offend you in any way, like, I, I do apologize for kind of giving private... I mean, I don't think I disclosed anything super private, but talking about someone against their will necessarily, I think I would maybe not do that in the future and keep it a little more general. That's the trickiest thing about having a dating podcast because you want to talk about your dating experiences, but then there are people who are victims of the storytelling. Exactly. And sometimes we get caught up in the storytelling aspect. We forget that there is a person behind that story too. Right. So that's, we've all, I mean, I think any dating podcaster has definitely experienced this before. What was like your boyfriend, you guys were a little different because you like knew each other on a friend level first. But like when he heard that you did this, did he have a reaction at all? 
Yeah, he was like, I'm never going to listen to it because I'm just, <laughs> I just don't want to hear you talk about me. He hasn't. He, the only times he's listened to it is with me. Yeah. So he can at least react in real time. I mean, it makes sense. I think that's what it was like. I'm thinking about this guy listening on his own, like barely knowing me in the first place, right? Like, I, I don't know how I would feel if it was a reverse. So I'm going to try to be a little more conscious of that. But yeah, I will keep people updated high level, maybe a little more ambiguous, maybe not real time. Like that might be the caveat. Yeah. But, but your intentions are always good. You're still looking for love. So the intentions are still there. You're not dating for the sake of telling stories on a dating totally. podcast. I mean, I think it's interesting, though, because I'm like thinking about like my my ex, not like my like super serious ex, but like the ex that got that left for the UK. Like I told him, I think on our third date. And he was definitely like when I first told him, like he was like a little taken back, like, oh, are you talking about me on this podcast? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, that's not what it's about. And then he was like, wait, why aren't you talking about me on this podcast? <laughs> but we had built like such a rapport by then. Like we were already like super into each other. So I think mm-hmm. hearing that, like when you can like share it, pers- like first of all, not through text, like you can just share it in person and you already like know this person's like a genuine person. I think that also changes the context a bit. Yeah. I don't think he ever listened either. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little awkward. (laughs) Although my other ex is like all about it. He's like, talk about me, whatever. And I want to be on here. (laughs) So yeah, it really just depends on your personality. But we also had like way more history and we dated even before I started this thing. So like, it's just hard to sometimes put it into context with new people. Yeah, absolutely. But you also, it's such a big part of what you do. So you also don't want to hide it. No. And if someone Googles, you can like easily find it. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's a little tricky. That's why you got to change your name on these dating apps. I told you. You got to change it. Yeah, but what am I going to do? Go on a date like for like three dates and then be like, oh, by the way, my name is Julie. I was lying to you the whole time. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure like therapists feel the same. Like, I'm sure like there's other occupations that are super intimidating to people. It's not just this, right? Right. That's true. Yeah. We just have to fi- find a happy medium. I think your role is right that maybe it, you don't update in real time and that you're not as specific, but you can talk more high level. Yeah. I mean, I think a thing, another thing, this is going to get into the episode today. On our first date, I think the reason I walked away so like lukewarm is because we talked about politics like the whole time. And I think it's mm-hmm. hard when it's so fresh right now. And FYI, for everyone to go out and vote before we go into it, that is our huge takeaway here. But I think we talked about it so long and we actually had similar views. So it wasn't like a, you know, like butting head situation. But I walked away being like, that was a good conversation. I'm glad I heard where he's coming from, but I could have literally had that convo with you, UA. You know, like mm-hmm. there wasn't anything about him that I like learned. Like I didn't really learn like what made him tick, like what he, mm. like who he was as a person. Like it was kind of like it was very interchangeable. And I think we'll go into it in this episode. Like I think politics are really good to gauge someone's values, but it might not, like it might not be 
something that warrants like the entire conversation because then you're just like losing out on them as a person. It's such a hot topic right now, especially this week. <laughs> this week is going to be even Oof. more. How can you not talk about politics on a date, right? And then next week, I mean, it's just going to be hot topic for so long. But we made it the only topic yes. <laughs> for this date. Yes, we did. We did it. We did this experiment. We were asking for people to be set up on a date with someone who may have opposite political beliefs. And we found two people who were willing to do so. And we got them on a date. But the first half of the date, they could not talk about politics. So that's kind of the difference, right? Because like, mm -hmm. if I was on this date with this guy, we only met for like, to an hour and a half, two hours, where they like basically spent an hour, I think it was like an hour and a half without any politics talk. And we actually gave them the 36 questions to finding love to like kind of guide it into a deeper way. And we also set them on up, up on a cooking challenge. So it was a virtual day, but we made it a little more entertaining and interesting. And yeah, it was politics was not on the table at all the first half. And then the second half, <laughs> It was. <laughs> <laughs> Open the floodgates. Let's talk about it. Interesting about this, too, is we didn't actually have two people that were super extreme. Like, there was one mm -hmm. that was, I mean, like, the two people we had, Kiki and Tom, they were both more, like, independent. That's how they considered themselves. Kiki definitely leaned towards Democrats. She said she's only voted for Democrats in the past. She was voting for Joe Biden. There was no question about that. She's a Black woman. So she like felt very like things were personal with Trump. So she's very against Trump. And then Tom, on the other hand, is more conservative. He's still like he's not he doesn't identify as like full right, but he's more he's still more conservative. He was raised in a very conservative upbringing and what he calls a cult. Yes, he, he mentioned that he calls it a cult. We didn't call it a cult. He yeah, called it a cult. That was self-proclaimed words. And he also, like, he was basically debating between Trump and then Jorgensen, who is the libertarian candidate. So he was very much no on Biden, just the way he thought. Like, he didn't believe in the way Democrats ran office and did government practices. So, yes, we had two extreme views we won't give too much away, but it was not what I was expecting at all. I think there was a little bit of a roller coaster on this of changing. I kind of went back and forth like maybe this is a match. Maybe this isn't a match. Like it just kept going back and forth. So definitely tune in for the whole thing because it's a it's a ride and you get to hear people's like dates. You know, it's always good to hear those those two perspectives of the same date. The context of this date is so unique because you go into it knowing that you have different political beliefs like you would never go on a date a real date in real life and you could if you were on hinge it says what political affiliation you have That's true. so you definitely could know like i think it says like liberal conservative it doesn't say democrat republican but you still could know hands down but you're also not going on a date just to argue <laughs> your for your case but this for this context, it was knowingly you're going in with opposing political beliefs and seeing if there is a romantic connection. Like you're going into it with this mindset that it probably wouldn't work out. So then yeah. the expectations are pretty low. But it is, I, I agree with you, it was a very fascinating outcome of what happened. It was like a roller coaster. <laughs> we couldn't, we could not get a good read nope. on the two of them. But at the end of it all, we had a lot of takeaways. So I 
I will leave it at that because we don't need to. Yeah, leave it at that. But for anyone that is triggered by this, like both people were very open and they said like that was what they were. Their expectation was that people would sign up for this, weren't going to be like super, you know, like racist comments or like just like the things that like I think are very triggering to people. And I think for me, that was eye opening because when we posted this, there were a lot of comments like I would never like all people of this or this like very like blanket statements. And I think even talking like we actually I talked to a woman that we didn't end up going with because we couldn't find a match there. It made more sense the people we chose. But she was saying that like she gets like outright hate for her views. And I Mm -hmm. think like, I mean, whether I agree with them or not, or whoever agrees with them or not, like it's still like a lot of judgment is being passed right now without looking at the person as a person. And I think it was a reminder. I think my other thing is I keep getting all these alerts of Republican Facebook groups that I joined to find someone. We actually ironically didn't end up using anyone. It was like listeners of this podcast, but I like joined a bunch of Republican groups and I keep seeing them like pop up and I'm like, I got to remove this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Facebook is so confused by your political beliefs right now. <laughs> like she seems like she's undecided. Yeah. But the the main point of all of this is to go vote. Yes. Go vote. Go, go vote. vote. It is so important to Early get your vote voice if you can. heard, yes, <laughs> and get your voice counted. It is very, very important. And get your voice counted when it comes to our reviews, too. We want to hear yeah. from you. <laughs> if you go into Apple Podcasts, you can tell us what you think about us. Give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And leave us a little comment or a long comment, whatever it may be, because we want to hear your voice and why you're listening to us and how you even found us and where we can even improve. We're always down for more feedback. And if you want to talk to us even more, Instagram, we're always on Instagram. And if you feel like you were inspired by an episode, triggered by an episode, you want to be a guest on the episode, uh, DM us on Instagram. That's the easiest way to reach us. Yep. And then the Facebook group, just want to do a quick kind of PSA is we do have questions. Like one of them is like, what does being dateable mean to you? Mm -hmm. And that's the only one that's technically required. There's some optionals too, but we actually are looking at those because we do want to make sure this is a safe space. And especially right now in the time of politics, there are a lot of like bots and like fake accounts out there. We definitely don't want to be denying dateable listeners, but if you don't give us any info, it makes it hard because we also don't want to be letting, we just don't know who's listening, right? Like we can't put your name to this. So, you know, I know it only takes us like, it's maybe a little annoying to write something, but it takes a second if you could just kind of drop something. So we know that you're a real human and that we know that you're a dateable listener, that will help us keep the community safe. So big announcement time, shall we? Is it a big announcement? People know about this, but it's a it's a repeat of a big a medium announcement. announcement. A medium announcement. It's a yellow announcement, not a red announcement. We launched the sounding board and we have already gotten so many people join this community. It is our newest offering that we've been we've been trying to do for years. I think we've been like thinking of a way to help people date better and smarter in in a context of personal development. So mm-hmm. it's not coaching. It's not telling you all these shortcuts or hacks. It's really about digging deep into who you are, knowing yourself better and how you can take control 
of your love life. So we mm-hmm. called it the sounding board. It is a, a monthly offering and there are multiple tiers to it. You can just go to datablepodcast.com slash sounding board to find out information, but we are limiting the spots so we can have more quality attention Intimate. or pay quality attention <laughs> to everyone who joins, but you should join by the 29th of October. 28th, so ideally, but yes, 29th. <laughs> because on the 29th, we are having our launch event, basically, and it's we're calling it the Dating Council, where Julie and I will weigh in on your latest dating conundrum. Because I'm sure we've all been there where something happens and you're like, oh, I need a second opinion, or I wish I get more people's opinion on what I should do next. Yep. Well, now it's your chance. On the 29th of October, If you're listening to this on the day that this comes out, it's tomorrow. So you got to sign up now. (laughs) Sign up, sign up. So if you sign up for the sounding board by the 29th, you will receive a free invite. And this is an invite only event. So you'll find you'll receive an invite to this event. I'm super excited about this. And also like if you don't have a conundrum, you can just watch like you don't need to participate. But (laughs) obviously, we want to help people as much as we can while making it entertaining. But I think like this type of stuff, like I'm why I'm so excited about the sounding board is because also in addition, UA and I recorded our first uh, exclusive audio that we're putting in the audio series that everyone gets. That's just like helps you kind of like take inventory of your own dating life and helps you navigate all the ups and downs. Like the the down I was talking about, like I admit it was a little discouraging, like getting in that shower, ready to go on a date mm-hmm. and then getting that. But I thought back to how I would have handled this like three years ago. I think I would have taken it a lot more personally. I would have maybe even just blamed him where in the facts, like, yes, it was discouraging, but I could see like, how can I react to this? I ended up like going out with a friend and we had like a really fun night. So I'm like, okay, I was able to like not dwell in this, think poorly about it. And also like, what can I change in the future? Like what that's what's in your control. Like just seeking out like what other people are doing is never going to really help you get there. So I think that's why we're super excited about this is that we can help people really shift their mindset because the reality is we can't control what dating throws at us or when you're in a relationship, new stuff comes up. It's all about how you communicate, how you perceive it and how you move forward. In addition to having access to both Julie and I as your dating Sherpas, you also have <laughs> access to each other, other people who've joined the sounding board to use as your sounding board as well. And we are so keen on creating a high quality community that is really empathetic and also just great listeners for each other. So it's not just us, it's also this community that you're subscribing into. And you know, I, I got to take this time to thank our sponsor because sometimes we just need all the sounding board that we can get, right? <laughs> yep. So thank you so much, BetterHelp, for making this episode happen in these unprecedented times. Some of us may be experiencing some crazy feelings. I know I felt some feelings that I haven't felt in years. Know that you're not alone in this and knowing that working on your mental health is the best thing you can do for yourself right now. So BetterHelp offers online counseling with professional, credible, and compassionate therapists in a safe and private environment. Their counselors specialize in depression, pandemics, relationships, trauma, and many other areas. With 3,000 U.S. licensed professionals across all 50 states, they make it easier than ever to find help. 
And in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they are recruiting for additional counselors in 50 states. Now, for Datable listeners only, you get 10% off your first month with the code DATABLE. Get started today by going to betterhelp.com slash DATABLE and join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash DATABLE and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 10% off your first month. And switching gears a little bit, you all know we're a part of the Frolic Network and there are a ton of other fabulous podcasts on the network as well. One of them we want to give extra attention to on this episode. It's called Too Stupid to Live. It's a comedy <laughs> podcast hosted by comedy writer and actor Becky Feldman, along with a hilarious guest every time. And what do they do on each episode? They review romance novels that are $5 or less. Oh, That's right. <laughs> Each episode is filled with naughty reviews, sexy excerpts, and perceptive analysis on those steamy book covers. She covers the gamut of romance genres that may even go off the rails a little bit, like dinosaur erotica. Whoa. Yes. Dinosaur erotica. Yes. (laughs) Not sure what that could be, but you just got to listen to the podcast to find out. It's called Too Stupid to Live, and you can find them wherever you consume your podcasts. Wow. We need to talk about dinosaur erotica. I'm definitely going (laughs) to tune in for that. (laughs) That seems like a topic that we need to go down. I have no idea what that even could mean. (laughs) We have a wish list of all the topics we want to cover, and that's definitely not on our list yet. So, you know, (laughs) who has a dinosaur erotic fetish? Anyone? 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 (laughs) You know they're out there. Lid for every pot. That's what we always say. They're always out there. So what if all your political views are opposing, but you both have the dinosaur fetish? Then you're soulmates. (laughs) You're just meant to be. (laughs) So meant to be. Okay. Okay. Well, let's see if our two guests are meant to be, Kiki and Tom. Tom, you are 34 years old. You currently live in New York. You've been there for three years, originally from Georgia. Where? Uh, About an hour's drive west of Atlanta, uh, but a five-year stint in New Jersey in between Georgia and New York, where I've been for just about three years now. And you say that you're pretty single. You've been taking a dating sabbatical, but before the pandemic, was more single and actively going on dates. You're a registered Republican in New York City, although you do tend to swing more libertarian and we'd love to hear more about that on your date. Any other important stats about your political views and beliefs that we should we should just get it out there now? It might be worth saying that, you know, I know someone who's, who has said, put me in a room full of conservatives and I feel like the most liberal, put me in a room full of liberals and I feel like the most conservative. <laughs> I often I often do relate to that statement. In, in recent times, decidedly tended right of center, which is probably true. Then again, it might be, I might feel differently if I were in a a heavily conservative area. And you were raised like a bit more conservative, is that correct? I was raised in what I now describe as a fundamentalist cult, which (laughs) uh, among other things, I'll, I'll give you an example. My mother has never voted in her life. Oh, wow. She does have political opinions, but when I was a kid, my parents told me and my mom told me that she had never voted because she and my father believed that voting was a male responsibility and basically wow. they didn't believe women should have the right to vote. Wow. So that's, that gives you a bit of where I came from. And oh, needless damn. to say, I don't subscribe to that or many other aspects of that system now. 
Got it. And you said that right now you're still undecided if you're going to vote for Trump or Jorgensen. Is that correct? That's that's correct. And Jorgensen is the independent. I didn't even know who Jorgensen was. <laughs> Joe Jorgensen, the Libertarian Party candidate. To double check this, but I believe she is the one and only third party candidate who is on the ballot in all 50 states. Tom, what? Why were you interested in doing this experiment? Well, when I saw the when I saw the call put out there, I I thought it would be an interesting thing to you know, go into intentionally. You know, I've been on dates with people who didn't share my political leanings, but it was never politics. Rarely have I really discussed politics. Almost never have I discussed politics on a first date or with someone someone through a dating app. Is that because the, you are in New York, where everyone's pretty liberal? Like the majority is liberal. Could be. I haven't given much thought to that that angle question, honestly. That might play a part into it. People often tend to get so polarized and hostile toward people with views that are different from theirs, which I try not to do personally. There are some people, friends of mine and professional colleagues, whatever, who I think very highly who don't necessarily share the same political belief systems or philosophies. Going into something like this with the intention of seeing how it goes and how both people react and and respond to the situation intentionally with kind of opposing viewpoints politically, I thought would be a valuable experiment. Love this open-minded mindset and just being open. What are some of your expectations going in then? With first dates in general, a common saying, which I tend to try to try to live by, is no expectations. Whatever happens, happens. I would expect that the other person would, would have some level of open-mindedness and that we would, if we get into political topics where we might disagree. I've, I would expect that we could have a civil conversation. I noticed in the Facebook group uh, where Julie put out the call, I noticed that someone posted a comment, uh, a derogatory comment, like I could never, I could never be with someone who, and it was, it was like put out a few mm-hmm. tropes like science denial and so forth, which I think are maybe some degree of truth in some cases, but big oversimplifications. Mm-hmm. I figure someone who would say, who would make that sort of statement probably would not be interested in this sort of experiment. Mm, so that's a good point. for that reason, I, I guess I do have somewhat of an expectation that it would be someone who maybe, I'm probably in general, maybe closer to the middle than to the far left, although I could be wrong about that. You know, there are people mm-hmm. on the far left and the far right who are more open than, than some of us typically associate with people on the fringes of the political spectrum. So is there anything like politically, if, that, if she disagrees with you in any way, that would make you kind of feel like this is a date you have to exit. That I would just be like, this is the end yeah. of the date. No, I, I really don't think I really don't think so. As long as as long as she is, you know, open to discussion, open to open to civil disagreement, if that's, you know, I, I don't really think there is anything that would result in, you know, I can't continue this date. Even though this is a social experiment and it's virtual, it's still a date. So what did you do today to prepare yourself for this date? <laughs> like, what are you wearing right now? This is your your first date attire. Show it off. I see a polo, like a purple color polo. Yeah, purple, nice. Purple polo and jeans below that. How did you choose this outfit? I figure it's not 
too casual, but also not overdressed, you know, a virtual thing at home. Do I want to go, go into overdressed mode? No, but do I want to go in in a, a, a ratty t-shirt and shorts? Exactly. Also probably no. Right. So have you been doing a lot of virtual dates or is this one of your first? A couple of months ago, as I was just starting to dip my toes back into, into the scene, so this will be a first time on video. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Zoom virgin. <laughs> you are brave. Love it. So how are you feeling? How are you feeling right now before we, you know, take a break to hear from your um, date and then we'll send you on the date? How are you feeling before we go in here? A mix of excited and, oh, maybe a little nervous. I've never done a, the virtual date thing before. Uh, and I've also never done an experiment in which I'm going on a podcast or show or whatever for a, a dating experiment. Are you nervous at all about the political side or is it more just the same pre-date jitters that you would have on a normal day? Maybe more of the same pre-date jitters that I might have on a normal day, but I think I think the show, the podcast aspect maybe adds a little to that. <laughs> got it, got it. You definitely seem very passionate about politics. You're knowledgeable about politics. You're also open to talking about it, which is what's going to make for a very interesting date that you're about to go on. Are you ready to meet your date, Kiki? Ready as I'll ever be. Kiki, what's up? Hello. She is looking gorgeous. We'll have you describe your outfit in a little bit, but who are you? You're 35 years old, currently live in New York. I love that you put your zip code on here. <laughs> oh, right. Upper West Side. Hey, shout out to Upper West. Uh, 10023, y'all. Originally from DC. She's pretty single and she's been on a dating sabbatical like everyone else during COVID. And she is a registered Democrat. Anything else we need to know about your political stance that you think is very important for the audience? Actually, correction. I'm a registered independent, but I've always voted Democrat. But even in New York, I thought you needed to register as either an indep- uh, Republican so or I Democrat. So I register with Washington, D.C. <laughs> oh, okay. The loophole. There we go. Yes, I've been around a lot and I've been registered with D.C. forever. And so, yeah, I'm a registered independent, but I've always voted Democrat. Um, the main reason for that, me being independent, is I just don't like anyone thinking they automatically have my vote. Like, you know what I mean? I want everyone to, mm. I, I feel as though it should be that you come and you actually put things on the platform that people care about and that's why they vote for you. And I felt more and more lately, like it's supposed to be that you just vote one way or the other based on your party. And I would, and we're too going further and farther apart because we just have these two parties and extremes. And I feel as though that's kind of causing the problems and issues. And if we could all kind of try to see each other and get more aligned and kind of come closer towards the middle, I think we would be much better. And so like to do that and to set an example, I've always done what I think more people should do, which is register independent now. I think that's very smart. I was talking to my friend from Australia and he was saying, you don't register with a political party, but you vote on policy. Yeah. So you're not divided by these yes. political yes. like party beliefs, but it's more like, where do a, right. we stand on? just on this one particular policy. I thought that yeah. was very smart. You're planning on voting Democrat this election? Yes. Yes, I'm voting for Biden and Harris, okay. 100%. So I guess that being said, like, what made you interested in this experiment? Even though I really feel as though 
we're divided and a lot of the reasons we're divided seem to come down to core values and beliefs though. Like I feel like there are big differences. I still feel as though I am hoping people are open. Like I'm hoping to still change mm-hmm. minds, like to bridge gaps and get people to get aligned. And if I'm not willing to be open, I can't expect someone else to be. So that's kind mm-hmm. of where I'm coming from. That's a really good way to put it. I feel like people are never taking that onus on themselves ever. But even though you're very open-minded, you're also very passionate Mm -hmm. about politics. So have you thought about what are some maybe triggers that someone could say that would make you leave the state or (laughs) tell them off? Uh (laughs) There's, uh, (laughs) I mean, if you're completely insensitive to race matters, it would be very difficult for me. I mean, I think there'll be some things where I would just be like, this is someone I don't even know if I could be around, like it could feel violent to me. And so that would be a response where I would be mm-hmm. like, I'm done. Um, and just to give people color, because they yes. can't see you, you are a black yes. woman. So I think that is important to also put in context. Yes, for people. I'm a black woman. <laughs> I'm open to talking about race and racial injustice and whether, I mean, I've had debates about whether or not systemic racism, racism exists. That's fine. But there's just like, if there was a certain boundary cross, then that would be a huge no-no for me. <laughs> and I'd be out. And they would hear about it. <laughs> and if that happens, you can, you can yeah. call it. You know, that's always an option to call it. But I think generally outside of just things being like really insensitive, I think I would be pretty okay. I can hold my own. I can stand my ground still and be respectful. So, yeah. Any expectations going into this date? None whatsoever. I think this is like <laughs> kind of the fun part of it. Like, my expectation is, and maybe I'm already biased, I guess, going into it, right? Like, I'm already like, all right, are we going to even get along? Like, can't. So, my expectation of a romantic connection is already pretty low, but I'm open to maybe that changing. But yeah, no, not a lot of like expectations yet. Maybe the expectation is maybe we're not going to get along, <laughs> is the expectation. So, it can, so only it can only go, go up, up. Basically. Yeah, but I'm hopeful. I'm the hopeful. bottom. <laughs> Start at the bottom. So what, it, since this is still a date, what did you do to prepare for the date? We see you in this really nice yellow top that is very yes, I actually, like, I washed my hair, brushed my teeth, even though. <laughs> oh, you washed yes. your hair. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it, is this like your first, have you done a lot of virtual dates? This is a first for me. I don't even know what to expect. It's weird. <laughs> well, both of you are video date oh, virgins. Thank so, God. Yeah. You know, it's funny because like I got <laughs> dressed, but I don't wear shoes in my house. So I'm still wearing my slippers, but I'm on a date. I don't know. It's a. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you're wearing pants. That's usually optional too for a video date. Have you figured out the like the right lighting angle? I all that? think so. I mean, if we're moving around, I might have to take my lighting with me. We'll see how that goes. I might be like, wow, one second while I adjust my lighting. <laughs> Let me drag my ring light into the next room. I know. Okay. So before we put you on this date, how are you feeling right now? Surprisingly really nervous. Even with like saying that I have like no high expectations, I'm still really nervous. I don't know. Is that because of being recorded on a podcast? Is that because he's the opposite of you politically? It's probably all of these things. It's I haven't been dating for a while. This is my first virtual date. It's being recorded. It's with someone who's completely different political views. Like, I think all of these have added up today to be like a lot of nerves. 
you have a drink nearby? Oh, I was preparing one. I was trying to see if he drinks first to see like how oh. lush oh, you know wow. I'm gonna be. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm thoughtful. <laughs> we'll, we'll see on the check-in how how crazy things are getting. Exactly. I might take out shots. <laughs> All right, Kiki, get that drink ready. Here comes your date room. Let me see. Mine says, if you could invite anyone in the world to dinner, who would it be? I mean, mine is probably, (laughs) I mean, everyone would probably have this answer, but I think it's because she's such an interesting person. I really want to talk to Oprah. I really do. I mean, I feel like she sees into people's souls. I think the conversation's never superficial. I feel like you get out, like you leave that experience, like getting so much out of it. You know what I mean? Someone, someone with a lot of a lot of perspectives. I was coming up with an answer, and an answer coming from a completely different point of view. And that is, I was I was going to maybe sort of, you might say a silly answer, but I was going to say, well, right at this moment, it would be you because we're already about to do this dinner thing. So. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's a much nicer answer than mine. <laughs> Great way to start this off. <laughs> Another okay. question? Yeah. Would you like to be famous? Hmm. In what way, if so? Uh, this Okay, so I am studying to be an actress. So I think by definition, I'll, I'm, I hope if I get the roles and the success that I want, then that would end up that way. Do I want to be famous? Not really. <laughs> like if I could figure out a way to do amazing roles that touch people and impact people without being super famous, that would be great. But I hear you on that, and I think my answer is similar. I'm so I'm a musician. Oh. And so yeah, the the arts we have something we have something in common right there. If I were to do something, a composition, a recording, or, or some project that that I really felt was of great quality and something I was really proud of. A part of me says it would be really cool to, you know, for it to be known to everyone and maybe for my name to be known at least very widely. But then then at the same time, do I want all the the difficulties that maybe are associated with fame? with great fame, being a household name, being stalked in the streets, you know, yeah. like everyone, every, everyone and their mom trying to get your autograph. Yeah. Can't even go to the grocery store or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I wish that there was a way to like have, you know, half of it, but I think they both come together with each other. So I don't know, but does it ever stop you from wanting to be that musician though? Like. Will you take it if it happens? I, I think I would take it if it happened. Me too. And I asked, I, you know, I pulled a joke. I said, I, I asked, why did Adele cross the road? You ever heard this one? <laughs> no. Why did Adele cross the road? So she could say hello from the other side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I it's pretty this- good. I pulled this after after a night of swing dancing, and I pulled yeah. this joke. And then next thing I knew, what song came on over the speakers where we were? Hello from the other side. Hey, she heard it and was like, "Well, got to play it for you now. Help you." I guess so. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say that was that's pretty good for all of the cross the road jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely beats the chicken. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I like my personal favorite's the skeleton, but. You know, why didn't the skeleton cross the road? 
because he didn't have the guts to. That's like. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that a pretty good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah, that's my all-time favorite. <laughs> Wait, do we have to start cooking? We probably should. Maybe one more question, and then. Okay. Yeah. Are you are you hungry? No, I'm not hungry, and I'm a terrible cook. I'm gonna fuddle my way through this. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, if it makes you feel better, I am also, I'm not a great chef by any means. We'll, we'll see how I do with this dish. Tom, one hour into the date, how are you feeling? How's it going so far? It's fun. It's, it's going. <laughs> Is that it? It's, it's just fun? Yeah, it's good. I mean, the first word that comes to mind, yeah, it's going pretty well. We're having we're having some very good conversation. We like start with reading those questions to each other, and some of those uh, turn into kind of springboards that resulted in us kind of going off on other tracks and asking our own questions. So we haven't gotten anywhere near the end of that list. So what's like one thing that stood out for you so far from all the things you've talked about that's kind of like a highlight? Well, the, the first thing that came up that... that stands out is just like kind of, of all things we have something in common and that we're both in the performing arts in one mm -hmm. way or another actress musician we also both have a thing for dance in some form oh. i dance west coast swing oh nice or at least i used to before everything shut down uh, the, the one of the questions what would be your perfect day we both had similar answers as far as like a couple of options for me one of my possibilities would have involved hiking Another possibility could have involved West Coast swing dancing. So yeah, her answers on that, hiking or even being in a park, that, that sort of. So we had a lot of interesting answers in those regards in common. Another of the questions involved, tell your life story in four minutes or less. She got, she got through hers and she has quite a story. And uh, I haven't gotten to mine yet. We figure we maybe will pick that up after this. Oh, that's a cliffhanger. So it's on you. But now it's not fair. You have all this time to think about your story. In well, <laughs> yeah, that's the way the timing worked out and, and trying to multitask too while cooking. Uh, this recipe is something I'm going to I'm going to have to experiment with again after this. How is doing an activity? How is doing like an activity on the virtual date? Well, it's a little less awkward than I maybe would would have expected. I've done activities, maybe not cooking, but I've I've done activities like this with people over Zoom or whatever before. It's more it seems like it's more conducive to some form of meaningful connection than I would have expected an activity like this to be. You know, I think it seems to be facilitating something, a good a good evening. What's standing out for you so far about the date and about your date, Kiki? The conversation is is flowing much more naturally than than some of my answers to your questions. Maybe <laughs> maybe not. Maybe that tells you something. Uh, the conversation seems to be flowing pretty naturally on both of our ends. Any red I flags think. so far? I wouldn't say there are any red flags so far, just going off the top of my head. Let's hold that thought for a second. We'll get right back to it. 
This episode is sponsored by Vaya. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Vaya has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC. THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Vaya also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use a code DATABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use a code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. (laughs) Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever dated someone like Kiki before? Honestly, I don't know the best way to answer. don't know how to answer that. Okay. She, in this hour or so, she seems she seems like a pretty familiar person already, mm. I could say, even though we're barely starting to get to know each other. And have you dated interracially before? Like, is that something you're open to? Or how are you feeling about that piece? I have been on uh, like at least a, a first and maybe in a couple of cases, second dates with someone of a different race or ethnicity. I haven't been in anything approaching long-term interracially, but I have I have been on dates with in a couple of cases at least that led to a second date. So that's something that you've been open to before. Yeah. How do you think yeah. she thinks a date is going? <laughs> if you had to guess. Mm, I, yeah, I, I think, you know, I wouldn't want to put words in her mouth. <laughs> I, I get the impression that she's getting a getting a decent vibe as well 
I, I could be wrong, but just judging from the conversation, I, w- I think she would probably say it has a, a pretty good vibe as well. So are you feeling like a romantic connection or is it like, is it too early to tell? What is your thoughts? I think it's too early to tell. I have never tended to, to think of love at first sight. If anything, I maybe tend to, like, I don't tend to fall for people easily based on how, what my patterns have been in the, in the past and other experiences Are you too. seeing this as like someone that you could date or like do you feel like friend vibe like what's kind of your feeling so far maybe maybe okay oh open open okay and if you had to describe kiki to your friends because they're curious you're like tom tell us about the date that you just went on what is she like how would you describe her she, she's very a very personable individual with whom I have a, perhaps a surprising number of things in common, common interests, or at least gen, you know, general feel so. Very good. Very good. We're going to bring back Kiki now, but we're not going to have you in the room while we speak to her, of course, right? Everything kept private for now. Uh, but then we're going to have you guys go back into the date room and proceed. Kiki, do you love me? (laughs) How's it going? You know what? It's going well. Like, honestly, I think that we're probably like two people that would never stop and talk to each other or meet each other. Like, I can't imagine like when that would ever happen. But it's amazing how much you can have in common with people. So you're saying like in out in the wild, you would never meet each other or connect with each other. But for some reason, because we've connected you, the universe brought you together. You're able to find all these commonalities. Yeah. What do you have in common? I think the arts was definitely one of the things. Like he's really into music. He did musical theater for a while. I'm really into acting and theater as well. So that was something. And then dancing, I didn't expect this, but like, I love to dance, you know? (laughs) I dance at every opportunity I can get. Granted, it's hip hop, but he also really loves dance, even though his is swing, you know what I mean? But it was very interesting to like find some of these things out. Like when we described our perfect day, they were actually similar. Mm. I was like, okay, interesting. Like both of us wanted to be in nature or go on a hike and, you know, have dancing of some sort. What have you liked about him so far outside of similarities, if anything? (laughs) I will also say, knowing going into this, that I was going to be talking to someone who's like potentially a Trump supporter, you have these ideas of like, think, especially me being a black woman, sometimes you have an idea of like, are they just going to be rude to me? Or Mm -hmm. they, they probably, he was probably also wondering if I would be rude to him. Like, are we coming in with like all this negativity? And it was really nice to talk to someone, have him be so nice and polite and positive and and just like really really gentle like sweet soul kind of thing i'm getting so far mm-hmm. you know what i mean love it when you say that you don't think you two would have ever met on the street or out there somewhere why do you think that is why do you think that that would never happen even though we have these similarities we're very different still even though we have things in common, they're still different enough that our paths would not cross. Like, I don't imagine I would see him at the same concerts I would be at, mm, even mm. though we both like music. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's just because maybe I haven't even been exposed to his type of swing dance before, you know, that mm. he goes to on Wednesday nights. I could end up loving it. He was like, oh, you can incorporate hip hop into swing. And I was like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> interesting. So is there anything that you're like unsure of? Any red flags that are popping up? 
Um, he hasn't talked about his family much yet. Mm. So I'm curious about that. I think I've brought up my family a couple of times. Mm. I mean, he did mention very, it was like the last question was like, give us your four minute background. And he told me, he mentioned being growing up in a fundamentalist cult and being homeschooled. Uh. And I was like, I need to know more about this. Like, <laughs> and that's what? where you ended, right? Yeah. What a yeah. cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> so is there like, is there attraction? Like, is this someone you could date or is it more friend vibes right now? I'll say right now friend vibes, but I was, I'm even surprised by that much right now. Okay. Like I'm taking it very slowly. Like, you know, it's growing Okay. more. So I, I definitely feel friend vibes, but we'll see how the rest of this goes. And who knows when you hang out more. If this <laughs> date ended right now, and he asked you on a second date, would you go? Yeah, I probably would just to learn more. You mm, know what okay. I mean? Because I'm, so, I'm not sold one way or the other yet. Okay, fair enough. So it's, it's a kind of like, I need more information. Okay, you're going to get more information because we're going to get you back there with Tom in the date room. And politics is on the table now. <laughs> All right. Good luck, have fun. Kind of going on this topic though, like, does that shape then how you see women's rights and things like that? I think the main thing is like, are you pro-choice or pro-life? <laughs> I'm just curious. That's, that's, oh, that's another good question. <laughs> and the answer, the answer hinges in part on these, I would call buzzwords, pro-life, pro-choice. Mm -hmm. I feel like those, those terms get thrown around a lot. At what point does, uh, does a baby yeah, in or out of the womb, become a person with its own agency whose life should be protected? Is it the moment that, that the baby fully makes its exit from the mother's body? Yeah. Is it some other moment shortly before then? What is the defining point? If you define that point as being something previous to birth, then, then how do you defend abortion, except in cases where it is necessary for the life of the mother, which is an exception I would, I would always be inclined to agree with. So I would, I would say that I tend to lean, I would tend to err more toward the pro-life side, but I don't really buy into all of the pro-life camp either. Yeah. And some, some may say, well, you haven't experienced it, which you can't experience it, which is true. I think it was really interesting because I read this article that said it's hard for women, I think, to end or terminate their pregnancies, especially if they're later and they carry them to term. You know what I mean? That's uh, it's like a, a part of you. Like uh -huh. this is especially if you get out of the past, like the first trimester, let's say, if you get past that, which I think is a lot of things that people talk about. Like if you get past that point, at that point, I think women generally have this sense of like trying to keep it like, or they're thinking about it like it's it's not an easy decision to just turn on and off or make you know so if a woman chooses that makes a very tough decision like that which I think is very difficult to make I'm just kind of of the sense of like she gets to make that because it can't be an easy choice as, as someone who had an accidental pregnancy herself and I say accident on the sense of like I was using condoms with my boyfriend out of high school in college and I was seeing all my college dreams about to go up and smoke because either he can't use the contraception right or contraception isn't made to be 100% effective with condoms. You know what I mean? Like 
my whole life is about to go up in smoke of everything that I worked for, my parents worked hard for, like I wouldn't have been able to provide for a child. I would have ended up right back into the world I was trying to escape. You know what I mean? And so I, I had to register as a Republican in order to vote in a Republican primary in, in New Jersey or New York. It was not the case in Georgia, which had open primaries. If I were in a state with open primaries, I would be registered as an independent. That's how I'm registered right now as an independent. It's really frustrating because I can't um, vote in the primaries for the people that I like. But um, it's one of those things that I, I've always identified to with Democrats. So I guess like what makes you identify more with the Republican candidate? Is it these specific issues or is it something else? I just don't have that much confidence in, in the Democratic approach to some of the economic issues. Uh, that, that would be that would be one big thing. And then when it comes to one of the controversial things, of course, is the issue of the courts. I guess the best the best explanation I can give w without, you know, and it's probably one of those things that once we end this, the perfect answer will come to my head, or maybe not. Evaluating perceived pros and cons, I guess, is... No, I mean, that makes sense. But I guess the question would be for someone, like, because for me, and maybe this is it, like Trump to me has represented so much negativity. Like I think about him referencing law and order, not denouncing racists. <laughs> um, and I think about, you know, his rhetoric has been so aggressive. Like to me, it just had, and his like lack, I, I don't think he's been running things very well with the pandemic. Like I, all of these things to me have feel like almost like personal. You know what I mean? How do you feel about that opinion when you hear someone who feels like what he's doing is very personal and hurtful? Do you align with that? Do you have sympathy for that, compassion for that? And then how does that inform how you decide to move forward? Yeah, I think I could start with the de denouncing racism thing. He certainly could have, and I would argue should have made a stronger statement than he did. Like at that moment in the debate, but he speaks off the cuff and his off the cuff remarks don't always come over very well even. I think my other kind of, I guess, counter to that is I think his bark is worse than his bite. Okay, Tom is back. We started with cooking and getting to know each other. And now for the last hour, there was talks of politics. How did that go? It, uh, we had a civil dialogue. Um, <laughs> Which is what That's I a would very expect. civil answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there are points where we both see aspects of each other's sides on the few issues that we got to talking about. This sort of conversation, yeah, it's just it's unusual for a first date in my experience. So what topics did you guys talk get to on this? And was there any that you had common feelings towards? And were there any that you agree disagreed drastically? So we got we got into the abortion issue and oh. philosophical you know, philosophical questions around that, which is which is what my approach generally is. Things like a woman's experience and all, all various aspects of, of all that and where, you know, I fall, I don't necessarily fall 100% in the pro-life camp, but I just tend to lean a little more in that direct, you know, err on that side as opposed to, but I don't buy all of those, all of the arguments that that side sometimes uses, but that we got into that, we got into... And then we were you little... in agreement on this topic or was it more of a discussion? 
It was more of a discussion. Okay. I would say it was more of a discussion. I, I don't know if I would even say more of a debate than discuss. Maybe okay. more. I mean, I guess what's the definition of a debate versus discussion? <laughs> but did it get heated? I think that's the difference between no, a debate and I a discussion. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it got heated. Okay. okay. I wouldn't say so. Civil. I wouldn't back I to civil. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was. It stayed civil. And I, I mean, I don't know what what she would say, I, but I, I think it stayed civil, and we got into. We took a little side side topic. We discussed religion and our, mm. our respective histories and experience there. And uh, we got into Trump in general mm-hmm. question As the one would. potential yes. you know potential inflammatory rhetoric surrounding or not necessarily inflammatory rhetoric, but lack of lack of as clear of a denunciation of white supremacy and mm. ideas like that as as he perhaps could have given. And what was that discussion like? Well, the discussion basically it got it came around from me saying when uh, in the debate the moderator asked, "Are you willing to to denounce or to condemn white supremacy?" I said that that statement he could have, and I would argue should have made a stronger statement against it than he did. Mm-hmm. But I still considered sure I'm willing to do that to by default be a denunciation. And I, I said, you know, his bark is worse than his bite. Not a very good off-the-cuff speaker. You know, it was off-the-cuff comments. And what was her reaction to that, that you kind of saying that? She talked about feeling threatened. She talked about, you know, dealing with racism since, you know, it seemed more, you know, more personal to her, which I can empathize with or at least try. And I mean, while this is a conversation and it's, it's a discussion, not so much a debate, mm-hmm. did you feel any sort of blood boiling (laughs) at any point where you felt like you really needed to insert yourself in a topic? Blood boiling? No. There were moments where I, you know, I felt like the discussion, we had some disagreements, of course. I wouldn't say that I sensed hostility Mm -hmm. on either side. It's uh, tense. Got Tension. it. So you guys did disagree on abortion and Trump. Was there any other topics that you hit that you also either agreed or disagreed on? Well, we, we got into the question of the court system and uh, constitutional um, originalism. We were not necessarily in agreement on that. Again, I wouldn't say that it got heated. Got it. So you guys basically, if I'm understanding it, you didn't agree pretty much on any of the topics you discussed. You had different views, but you were able to have a a conversation where you could hear each other's out. So before we had you doing all fun things, asking fun questions, doing a cooking date. Did the vibe change at all with the politics side? Or did you feel the same that you felt about Kiki before that she was easy to talk to? You guys had a good vibe. How are you? What are you thinking? I think the vibe, just the overall vibe changed in that naturally that kind of discussion will often result in in some sort of tension, at least at least in, in my case, I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily one, you know, I'm certainly not one who seeks out conflict. Mm. I, I would say the vibe sort of changed a bit in that way. I think we still had good civil discussions and, and at points found things in common. When you talk about the tension, can you explain and describe what that tension is? Is it good tension? Is it uncomfortable tension? Is it sexual tension? There's just so many ways to be tension. I would would characterize it as sort of an uncomfortable tension. Mm. And even if I feel very confident about my ideas and philosophies, 
there's a certain tension in trying to explain them sometimes. Mm. So how would you rate the date then from a scale of one to 10, the entire date? It goes from the very beginning to the end. How would you rate this in comparison to other dates you've had? I know mm-hmm. there's a virtual element, but try to take out the virtual element. <laughs> yeah, try to take out the virtual element. That's, you know, I, I always feel like I'm terrible at, at these kind of numeric rankings. <laughs> I would say maybe a seven. Okay. Well, that's pretty high. Um, Okay. Would you have rated it more at the beginning of a date and less at the political side, or was it a consistency? Yeah. I, okay. I think yeah, definitely, definitely more at the beginning and less in the in the political side. And that kind of veers over to a romantic scale too. So on a scale of one to ten, <laughs> how romantically attracted are you to Kiki? Um. I'm so terrible with these numeric scales. <laughs> and, and we're putting you on the spot, uh, yeah, too. Yeah, I would say maybe a six. Okay. Okay. I'm not, uh, right. Yeah, I, I, I never buy into the, you know, love at first sight thing anyway, mm. even, you know, in person and probably even less so in a virtual. But, you know. So would you do a second date? Would you do a socially distanced park date or something? I would, I, I would consider it. Yeah, I think. Okay, so it's a it's a maybe. It. I'm getting it's a maybe, maybe. vibe. <laughs> yeah. It's not a hard yeah, no, it's a but it's also not a fuck yes. You're open, but you're not, yeah. you wouldn't be devastated if she said no. Right. I do yeah, want to know, because I'm going to ask her the same thing, is what, did you acquire any new perspectives politically mm-hmm. after speaking with her? At any point in your conversation, did you say to yourself, huh, I never thought about it that way. That makes sense. There was one point where I said, I never thought about it that way. It was not purely political. We were talking, it was where religion and politics were both kind of in the mix. And we were talking about the Bible and its, you know, historical contexts in which and how it's been, you know, interpreted interpreted differently by different Christian groups. She brought that into the picture when the subject of constitutional originalism on the courts came up. Mm. And and I said, oh, that's an interesting point. I've never thought of that comparison. So one time I happened to be here to give you your 10-minute warning, I got a glimpse (laughs) of some of the convo. And it was when you guys were talking about Trump, and she was saying how the statements he makes, well, I think you were saying they aren't necessarily, like his bark is worse than his bite to that comment. Uh-huh. And she was saying the way that he says them, like as an African-American woman, it's hurtful because it basically like makes it right for people. And it's kind of like, it puts it out there that it's something you can do, even if it's not super explicit. Yeah, it gives permission. Yeah. Like, did you have any feelings towards that? Because I kind of heard you saying like, I can empathize with you a bit, but what were your thoughts on that piece? That, that basically that, that was my thoughts. I can, you know, I can empathize. I can hear what she's saying and say, oh, you f- it makes you feel whatever it makes you feel. And of course, you know, it's something I've, I've heard before. Got it. So you could empathize. It didn't change your opinion necessarily. Right. It goes in, it still goes into the overall list of pros and cons, so to speak. Mm. And I, I said, you know, I, there was one point where she said, uh, she, she mentioned a case of where uh, when she was in school years ago, she had like someone had written a hateful racist message on the wall of a bathroom or something. I don't remember. And I, I said, yeah, if if Trump were to say something like that, I don't think there's absolutely no way I would consider him. Got it. So to your point, you just don't see it as extreme necessarily, but you hear where she's coming from. Right. 
and and I do see there are some who are extreme who who maybe support him, but I see them as also being on the fringe. Mm. Okay, so after doing this experiment, taking Kiki out, but just in general, would you go on a date with someone else that was more liberal or more progressive? Yeah, I mean, and, and I certainly have before. It just wasn't it wasn't in a context where politics were really potentially on the table. Would you, I guess maybe a follow-up question is, would you go on a date where politics were discussed? Because I mean, I'll be honest, like even on dates I've been on that are not recorded from this podcast, politics comes up because it's mm-hmm. it's big right now. So if it was to come up on a date and that was a conversation where you had opposing views, like, would that be something that you could feel like, okay, having that conversation? Or would after this experience, you'd be like, this isn't something I want to do? I think it would, I think it would still be a maybe, you know, case by case basis. Okay. Okay. Let's, um, let's have you give you a break and then we'll have you come on just for a very quick wrap up at the end. So stand by. Thanks, Tom. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So how did the date go? How did the the part with politics on the table go for you? That one was harder. (laughs) If we were dating, that would have gone probably very differently, actually, like, feel Hmm. like when you're kind of like meeting someone new and like in this situation you're not trying to be too offensive whereas if we were like in a relationship at this point it would have been like no holding back kind of like what do you mean bark worse than bite (laughs) (laughs) right I was like you know I think because it's a dating situation like any like the same thing applies Mm. when you're meeting someone for the first time you're dating someone for the first time like you're not gonna be or at least for me I mean I'm not ready to like the stakes aren't that high I guess like you can walk away if you need to like you're not gonna be as like in someone's face about it but you didn't walk away so we didn't get to the deal breakers where the major red flags where you thought "Uh uh-uh I'm going to hang no, up on this now. No, I didn't think, no, I definitely didn't think that because I felt like he was very open still and respectful mm. um, and listened to what I had to say. So that's it. I do feel like I was more interviewing him. So I felt that. In what way? Like, it was one-sided mean? with me like going at him, but what about this? And what about that? And what about this? <laughs> you know? So it was more you challenging him. Yes. It was me, more me challenging him for sure. And then him responding. Yeah. Was there any areas, because he told us, and feel free if there's others that that you guys talked about. He said you talked about abortion, you talked about Trump, and you talked about the court system. Was there any, and a little about religion. I'm not, I wasn't fully sure how that came in. But was there anything that you agreed with him on or was pretty much opposing views on all of the topics? (laughs) I think Uh-oh. pretty much opposing <laughs> on everything. <laughs> um, well, I think, well, no, because he didn't take a hard stance one way or the other with abortion. It seemed like mm. he was like very, he seemed to me like he didn't have like solid stance because um, he's balancing it out. And then at the end of the day, like, I guess he is more one way. But when he was approaching me, he was definitely not definite like not taking Mm. such a hard stance either way and i don't know if that's because of a dating situation if that's Mm. because in public it's bad to have an opinion on those other directions and so like 
I don't know how we'll ever get to that conversation then, right? Because he is obviously leaning one way, but then when we were talking about it, it was much more open. He did mention he doesn't necessarily like conflict. So there could be some Mm -hmm. of that in there. Like, and I think that is tough on like a first date to necessarily balance. Right. Yeah. And I I think there are just so many variables too. He knows he's being recorded. We all know (laughs) that this is being recorded. So we know what the popular opinion is. Yes. But did you at any point feel like you learned something new from him, a new perspective, a new way of looking at something? Um, I'm thinking back on it. I think I like, <laughs> that's why I worry. I was like, maybe it was just me challenging him all the time. <laughs> um, but I, I think what I learned wasn't necessarily about a specific opinion that he shared with me that was new. I think what I learned was that people don't have to be aggressive with their views Mm. though like Mm -hmm. even still it's it was more in how he approached the conversation with me and how I approached it with him I told some of my friends right before this like I'm gonna go you know on this date (laughs) with a you know someone who might vote for Trump and everyone's like no oh my god get me out of it you know And, and I think you automatically think it's going to be a horrible experience. And even if you probably take some of the sound bites of what we each said, like for the opposite side, that sounds like nails on a scratch board and people are like, oh, why how can you say that? But I think the fact that we were having such still a good conversation, keeping it mm-hmm. so respectful, keeping it open, not reacting so quickly like that. I think that was what I really took away from that with him. So did the vibe change at all? Because like at the beginning, it was more fun. And now it got more serious with opposing views. How do you think the vibe of the date changed, if at all? It definitely changed in the sense that it was a little, there was more tension, right? Um, It's more heated. It's more personal, especially for me. I think I shared a lot of personal stories with him, Mm -hmm. um, especially how politics shapes me or personally so I think like that definitely changes the mood did that bring you close because you know like sometimes when you share personal stories it brings you closer did it bring you closer to him or was it more like you defending your point of view no it wasn't me defending um and in some ways I don't know how much closer because I think it has to also be on his side sharing some personal stuff too for Mm. it to be like very like to really bring you closer together I will say though that I felt comfortable to do that like he allowed me to do that he gave me space to do that Mm. which was good um and I think that we I didn't feel I didn't feel a distance like it didn't bring us further apart by any means I'll say that which it could do the first half of the date, you had a lot more in common than you thought you would. Mm-hmm. And the second half of the date, you're <laughs> saying there wasn't much in common. Do you think the disagreements outweigh the commonalities or other way around? To be Actually, to be honest, the second half of the date, I found uh, things we actually, actually, I should have gone back. We were, they had things in common, not politics. Like mm. our histories can in some ways be looked at as very similar. We just mm. ended up coming to different conclusions. Interesting. Um, you grew up in a cult too? <laughs> <laughs> I will say maybe not that part, but you know, he was talking about how for college, it was like all on him to figure out how to get there. My parents mm. didn't have the tools or resources to share with me like about that. I was just lucky enough to have a, a, a school system that put that structure mm. in place for me because I didn't have that in place. And 
I had that, but my siblings didn't have it. He has the same thing for him. Like mm. he had to figure out his way to college by himself. He did that. His siblings didn't do that. Like um, his mother has never voted for very different reasons, right? Because of religious mm-hmm. and how they were raised. My dad has never voted um, <laughs> oh. for very different reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, we do have, I think there is more in common but it's surprising because the things that at the end of the day come down to it still separate us. Like even though yeah. we have the same back, like some same shared history things. Interesting. So, okay. So if you were to rate the date on a scale of one <laughs> to 10, taking the virtual piece out, cause I feel like that's a little hard in general, as much as you can, how yeah. would you rate it? Obviously 10 being the best. You know, I would like give it a 6.57. Oh, okay. Yes. I would say like 6.5. Round up, round up. Yeah. Okay, round up. (laughs) And why seven? That's pretty high. It's high because also I told you guys going into this, my expectations were so low and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to go into this. I don't know what he's going to be like, if he's going to rub me the wrong way or be really aggressive in his views. And he probably, I mean, like vice versa. I mean, he could have the same opinion of me. But I think just because it was open, it felt comfortable. I was nervous going into it. Then I lost my nerves, you know, and there wasn't anything. Yeah, I, I think because I felt comfortable, it was fine. It was good. Yeah, I mean, I watched you guys It's like for a little and you were just like chatting away. I was actually kind of blown away. <laughs> yeah. Kiki always has something to say <laughs> on a romantic scale, <laughs> one to ten. How, what would you rate the romantic potential of Tom? I would put that, unfortunately, I would put that like close to like four. Okay. okay. Explain that. Um, because like, I don't know. It, it, it's actually hard because I'm like, I wonder with under different circumstances with more time, like, could we come to more common ground? But like mm. the things that do separate us are so personal to me that it's hard to overcome. So when he, Someone says to me, you know, Trump's bark is, I mean, he, they think they're, his bark is worse than his bite. For me, that bark meant so much. Yeah. And, and, and so I think one of the biggest things in a partner, partner for me is to be understood is such a huge thing to be like, to feel like I'm very understood. And so I don't know if I could feel understood in that situation, mm-hmm. which turn, takes the romance away from me for a bit. So I kept hearing him say, I empathize with you, but you still didn't feel like he like heard you. I felt he empathized with me. And I definitely, that's why I say I do like that. And I do hear, but then he said it again, which made me feel like, okay, maybe he doesn't fully get it for me, but I don't know. I don't know. Because like I said, I don't know if that would just take more time to getting to know someone. I mean, I met him for the first time. I'm not expecting him to change. (laughs) Right. Like after meeting one time, but I guess that's, or I shouldn't be expecting anyone to change. That's my partner in general. Right. You shouldn't be expecting someone to change. He's probably not going to change his views. Yeah, exactly. Which is, I think the hardest part of that, which will make, which makes me not feel that romance there because I'm like, I'm going into it wanting to change someone. Okay. So that being said, would you go on a second date if it was socially distanced? This is so hard because like part of me is like, Mm, I don't know if even like the attraction was there from that point of view, but I'm like, is that because it's virtual as well? Mm, like, yep. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm finding it very hard in my gut to like, the spark is not there. I think the other part of me is like, 
do I put too much emphasis on the spark? Welcome to girl lives and what we're yep. thinking about all the time. <laughs> so many internal conflicts. So what's the answer then? <laughs> yeah, but really, what's the answer? If I yes or no. If I'm put on the spot, I would I would try it again. I'm very much on the fence about it, like not like sold, but I think I would try and see where I got. I would probably give it one more. Okay. And then okay. taking Tom out of the equation, would you be open to going out with someone again that is known to be Republican or potentially voting for Trump or definitely voting for Trump? Yes, I would be open to it again. I think this was like a very positive experience in the sense of like, I can have a conversation. I think the other thing here, just so you guys know, like that's also hard with thinking about long-term with anyone, future with anyone, is like even if I can come to some personal understanding, mm. my whole social circle will likely not. And yes. I think that is also very difficult when your life is not lived in, you don't live by yourself in a bubble, in a vacuum, right? Like you have to integrate with other people. And I think that's also very difficult. So it's hard for me to, like, I will go on another date, but it is, it's a big barrier to overcome. Okay. Fair enough. Let's bring Tom back on for a quick takeaways of this whole experience and then we'll wrap up. Hello. Hello. Hello this was so fascinating. Thank you both for participating in this to start off with. It took a lot of courage to do this. So thank you again for doing that. No, it was it, fun. I was really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Very well. brave, both of you. And I feel like overall, you both had a very similar output of the entire date. You were both kind of maybes on doing a second date. You weren't like hard yes or hard no, but you were both willing to potentially give it another chance. There was definitely a more fun vibe at the beginning. And then the politics part, I think you both used the word tension. And not conflict, which is good. Tension is much more positive than conflict. Love that both of you had a very open mind going into this. And just the fact that you agreed to do this experiment just shows how open-minded you are. And knowing that this wasn't a forum to debate, but a <laughs> forum to discuss. So very much appreciate both of you doing that. My major takeaway, honestly, is that it's all about the context and the mindset of how you start a date. Mm -hmm. Both of you came into this knowing that there's a really high chance we don't agree on certain fundamental things, but I'm still going to go into the state because it's an interesting experiment and I'm open to forming a romantic connection with someone who may have opposing beliefs. I think when it comes to everyday modern dating, we go into dates thinking, is this person going to like me? Mm -hmm. I want them to like me. Even if you're like not that interested, it becomes this winning game. I want this person to like me. So I think the context made it so different that you're, you're able to form a deeper connection and have more of an open discussion. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway from this whole thing is that, you know, we could say like you were both kind of more, you're not even extreme on both sides, yet you did mm -hmm. still disagree on a lot of the fundamentals. And I think we can't like politics this day and age is no longer just about policies and economics. Like that, let's be honest for what it is. It's, it is social values. It is values in general. I don't think this experiment has proved that necessarily two people can date for the long term. It might prove that people people can be open to a short-term arrangement to have a couple dates and do that civilly. 
But I think what I've taken away from this is I think it's important to have the conversations about politics and anything that's your values. I totally do. And I actually went on a date recently and we spent the whole time talking about politics and we agreed. So it wasn't like a conflict. But I walked away being like, I don't know if I like formed a romantic connection because we were talking about such deep things like from the start. And I do think there is something about dating of like being a little lighter on the first date, like similar to the first half of your date. And not saying that you should never talk about the deeper stuff, but that kind of comes on date two or three, like as you're getting to know each other and you've built up that rapport. Because I think you both mentioned it's hard to have like a disagreement with someone when you barely know them. So it's like you're kind of holding back. So I think it's like forming that bond first and then having the harder discussions. I mean, I will just say, just chiming in here, like maybe it's like we don't need to be talking about politics actually all the time right yeah, now. Exactly. Like I would say is the op, it's like we don't need to have these discussions. Like we need to actually just be spending time with each other and figuring out what like having fun together and like figuring out what we do have in common. And maybe the rest of that does come in later um, mm-hmm. down the line as we share. But I mean, we're not changing either of our opinions tonight. Nope. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to happen. So maybe it's actually more about the fact that we were able to have fun. We were able to have conversation and be respectful and form a mm-hmm. connection, albeit maybe not even necessarily romantic, but like that's almost more important right now. I think that's a, it's so interesting what you said earlier, Kiki, and I'll fill you in, Tom. Kiki said, uh, we actually come from very similar backgrounds in terms of timeline and how we arrived at some of the beliefs that we currently do. And it seems like it formed around college time. So imagine if you met in college and dated then <laughs> yeah, and then formed your political opinions. I bet you yeah. anything it would be so different now. Everything changes when you are in a partnership with someone. Mm-hmm. Their fight becomes your fight too. So then it's not siloed in your own experience, but you're both coming in on two independent trains, go, you know, pulling into the same station. It's a little harder, right? Because you're not like trying to combine the two trains. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, it's, it goes back into the context. Yeah. I yeah. think the other thing too, it's like politics is just one of many like before we make these like rash judgments of each other based on our political views like let's just get to know each other a little more like even in the process of screening people like I I mean I admit I definitely lean more left for sure and I talk to a lot of Republican women and men in this process and people are like are throwing around these like really bold statements like all Republicans are racist and it's like No, I I talk to people I know that's not the case for. So I think we need to start seeing each other as individuals. And I love like what Tom, you were saying is like, both of you actually, like, why is there only two parties? Like, why can't we be independent? I think by having those two parties, it sets us up for a lot of judgment. And sometimes that's done on purpose to separate us and make us feel farther than we really are. Let's say, you know, after the election, we don't know what the results are going to be, nor do we know what whether it's Trump or Biden, we don't really know what the future is going to look like, but it could be whatever form it takes. It could be that some of the current controversies kind of blow over, whatever that may look like to people who are having a very intense or or heated even discussion right now, a few months from now might, might get along, might get along better without so much of the the heat and tension, even if even say if they still tend to disagree on some this or that 
political or philosophical question. Yeah, I mean, and I know we're talking about in a dating setting, but I think this extends to like friends and family and everything else. You know what I mean? I think we are just like so quick to write each other off right now. I think that there may just be room for all of us to just kind of like, it would be nice like to just take down the animosity and tension that we're all feeling as a nation, just like a nudge. Like, I feel like I would have more breathing room to Mm -hmm. even like, be able to think and evaluate how I feel without it being heightened all their time or like constantly fueled and energized and like, you know, ready for battle. Even just taking it down with each other would just go such a long way. And yes, like ultimately in dating, I do think you have to like (laughs) eventually like touch on these topics relative, like sooner rather than later, maybe like just get Mm -hmm. to understand like some of this, but I think like we can take that lesson and extend it even just beyond dating though. Yeah. And maybe it's not like the first date. Like, let's just, it's kind of like when you ask someone like what they're looking for, like if they're looking for like marriage and kids, you don't ask that on the first date before you even decide if you like them as a person. So it's like maybe with politics, it's similar. It's like, let's first knock off, like if this is even a good fit, like everything else aside, and then let's go to those deeper questions. I think maybe it's not politics or which party that you support, but it's, there are some fundamental values that people should agree on, like racism and systemic racism is a major one for me. And I would want to be aligned on that on a first date, not necessarily Democrat versus Republican. I think that can come at a separate conversation. I I think politics is just so personal to people Mm -hmm. this year, especially that if, if the way you treat politics is exactly how someone else may be treating their politics too. So we have to be more sensitive when we approach these opposing views or opposite um, perspectives because it, you're, you're, it's a personal attack that someone may take that as. So it's interesting to me because it's politics are like the glasses you are given to see the world. And if you're seeing it in one pair of glasses, it's really hard to see it from someone else's glasses. And it's so innate in us now to to believe in certain things that it's almost as hard as explaining why is my hair black? You know, if someone's like, your hair is black, why is it? I have to explain something that was given to me and it's so ingrained in me. Um, So I think we all, the takeaway there is we all have to step back and question ourselves, why is it that I believe in this? And why do I think it is so important for me, for my partner to be aligned on the same thing? I love that. And I think values is core to everything, right? Like it is, I think, I guess the question I have for all of you, maybe we could all go around once and then we can wrap this up. But like, there's always been this historic thing that you should never talk about politics on a date. After this experiment, after everything we know, what do we think there? And let's give you the scenario. Let's say it's after the elections and it's still a hot topic and you go on a date with someone. Is this something you should bring up? Who did you vote for? What do you think about the elections? How do you feel about the results? I think because politics are so personal right now, (laughs) I mean, like you said, and it is very value-based, I I think you bring up the things that matter to you. I think you bring up the values that matter to you on a first date. If I think so, but I don't think you go into it ready for a fight. I think you go into it ready to listen and being very open. But I do think there are answers you have to have. 
But I just think that it's the way we're approaching it that's kind of off. And, and, and it doesn't have to be Democrat, Republican, et cetera. It just has to be like, what is your value base behind this so I can understand you and see if you understand me? Generally speaking, my yeah, I think generally speaking, my inclination is is not necessarily to go there too much on a on a first date, and I I don't really envision that changing after the election. You know, if it does come up, comes up, case by case basis. I think for me, what has opened my mind is it might not be like, are you a Republican? Like, are you a Democrat? Like, so black and white. But I will definitely talk about values and how they feel about the current presidents and the values they uphold. Uh, I would just freely talk about it personally, because I think it's so it's important, especially if it's right after the elections. I'm sure everyone will have a reaction in one way or another. So if you don't address it on first date, you're kind of like ignoring the elephant in the room, which I think makes it even more awkward. So I think from this whole experiment, I guess what I've learned, I think to sum it up is politics still are a factor for sure. Like that isn't going away. And I think Yes, there could be an opportunity if both parties are willing to listen to each other. However, that being said, there is a barrier, even if there are disagreements, just given our environments, given what politics means in this world today. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you both so much for being brave and honest and open to this experiment. Not many people thought that they want to put themselves in this position. So thank you both for willing to do that and having an open discussion. It seems that you both said you'd be willing to go on a second date and that could be IRL. So we'll leave that up to you. If you think that could happen or not, I won't put you on the spot. No blushing here. We'll pass your emails along. You guys can decide if you want to pursue it or not. That door is open if if you would like to open it. Okay. And we want to thank our listeners. If you like to be part of future social experiments, we love doing these dating experiments. So just reach out to us. Um, you can find our contact at datablepodcast.com. And don't forget those reviews in Apple Podcasts, 10 <laughs> stars, see what play, then we can do more of these social experiments. We could probably do like three or four in a season. We can just knock them out if we get more <laughs> reviews. That's right. We have way more that we have planned for the rest of this, rest of our lifetime, basically. <laughs> okay, we're going to wrap this up. Stay, Stay Datable! The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Stay.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.